Let's turn to Psalm 119. Uh, our our uh, octet, our eight verses today, is actually starts in 105. We're going to read 97 to 112. And uh, behold, she cometh. I was gonna I was gonna say Miss Judy come forth, but you know that was. <laughs> she does. I'm scared of that cane. All right. Well, we're growing as we go. All right. Psalm 119, verse 97. If you would look at that. Psalm 119, verse 97 says this. Oh, how I love thy law. It is my meditation all the day. You know, we just pause there a second. You know, if you think about that, that's a convicting verse. If you think about what you think about every day. If I think about what I think about every day, especially considering the verse that, um, that Pam quoted, 113, I hate vain thoughts, but thy law do I love. You see the comparison there. The vain thoughts. How often are our thoughts vain? And a vain thought is not, you know, when you think about a vain thought, that's not like you working on your job. That's not a vain thought. Uh, that's a profitable thought. But uh, how often do we think on vain things? But anyhow, let me go on. Verse 98. Thou through thy commandments hast taught me, hast made me wiser than mine enemies, for they are ever with me. I have more understanding than all my teachers, for thy testimonies are my meditation. I understand more than the ancients because I keep thy precepts. I have refrained my feet from every evil way that I might keep thy word. I have not departed from thy judgments, for thou hast taught me. How sweet are thy words unto my taste, yea, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Through thy precepts I get understanding, therefore I hate every false way. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I have sworn and will perform it that I will keep thy righteous judgments. I am afflicted very much. Quicken me, O Lord, according unto thy word. Accept, I beseech thee, the freewill offerings of my mouth, O Lord, and teach me thy judgments. My soul is continually in my hand, yet do I not forget thy law. The wicked have laid a snare for me, Yet I erred not from thy precepts. Thy testimonies have I taken as an heritage forever, for they are the rejoicing of my heart. I have inclined mine heart to perform thy statutes alway, even unto the end. All right, let's pray together. Our Lord in heaven, uh, once again, we just want to say we thank you for your word and how your word, how you sustain us by means of your word. Lord, you know that we need it, and sometimes we neglect it. And I pray that through our lesson today, through this study, that you would teach us how important your word is, and that you would help us to honor you with it. And uh, Lord, we pray that you would meet with us. Lord, you know we need you. Without you, we can do nothing. And uh, please encourage each person that's here and listening in. Please uh, give strength and direction, and that your spirit would uh, give instruction. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. What I want to do is I want to look at verse number 103. That's from the last set we looked at last week. 
but uh, we ran out of time last week, so I want to look at it this week. Um, let's look at 103. I'll read it, and then I'll read verse 97 because they're kind of related. It says, How sweet are thy words unto my taste, yea, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Now, we talked about last time, uh, not last time, but we, we, when we were going through the major theme study that we saw that in Psalm 119, there's a number of times that comparisons are made. The Word of God is compared to something else. And one of the comparisons was, of course, riches. We looked at that. But also, one of the comparisons was something sweet, like honey. And of course, at this time, in the Bible times, uh, at least in the area where the Bible, uh, where from, from which the Bible was written, in Palestine, uh, the primary sweetener was honey, not sugar. We think of sugar. But uh, sugar, what, sugar existed in other places, obviously, but uh, it wasn't a, wasn't a thing now uh, or, or in uh, this, the area of, of, in which the Bible was written. So they had honey. And, uh, and so that would be the sweetest thing that a person can have. That would be like, you know, a chocolate cake or, you know, something, something like that, a sweet thing. And it says in verse 97, Oh, how I love thy law. It is my meditation all the day. So the idea of affection for God's law, the idea of, uh, the idea of something, something that is this, and this goes beyond, this goes beyond just, well, you know, thy, thy word is true, or I will obey thy word. Those things are all, all fine and good. The idea of honoring God, the idea of uh, fearing the Lord, the idea of obeying the Lord, the, the Word of God is true, the Word of God is sufficient, the Word of God is, um, you know, there's many, you could say many things there. But this is, this is something entirely different because this deals with the Word of God and our affection toward it. Not just it's true, but our love for it. Um, and the fact that it says, notice what it says, how sweet are thy words unto my taste. You know, you think of the verse, O taste and see that the Lord is good. Now, how, can you, how is it possible for you to know what a cucumber tastes like unless you have tasted a cucumber? Right? In other words, in other words the idea of taste is that you sample something, that you put it on trial, Right? That's, that's, what it, that's what it means to taste something. Sometimes you taste something and you find it's bitter, right? And that, you know, that's often what happens when you think of, of, uh, of young men going after young women who are immoral. They want to taste sin, right? They think it'll be good, but in the end, it's bitter to the belly. Like me, I love... I love, uh, I love spicy food, not, not like extreme, like burn your face off spicy, but I like spicy, I like spicy food. I like the way it tastes in Cambodia, we ate spicy food. They had this, um, the, when you get like something with rice, because everything is with rice, you can get a little bowl of soy sauce and they would take those Thai chili peppers and they would slice them and put them in that soy sauce so it would make the soy sauce hot. My mouth is watering as I'm speaking. And I loved it. And I, I ate it, and I, I loved it. And you know, I would, you'd take your stuff, and you would dip it in there, and, and it was just awesome. But I knew that though it might taste good, the end thereof was bitter. 
uh, because the from here down did not enjoy it as much as here up, if that makes sense, to be discreet. <laughs> so, uh, but the idea of taste is that you're sampling it. You put it to the test. You, you find out what it's like. And that's, you know, that, that's the problem with a lot of people that criticize the Bible, criticize church. Well, I don't go to the church. There's too many hypocrites. And you know what? That's true. There are hypocrites in the church, in churches. It's true. But some people just throw that out as an excuse, having never seen, having never tasted. It's, it would be dumb to say, well, I don't like that, if you never taste it. Right? Wouldn't it be dumb to, to do that? Well, I've, I've never had Mexican food, but I don't, I don't like it. Well that's, well, that's just dumb because you have not tasted it. Well, in this case, we have tasted it. It's impossible to know the flavor of a food without first tasting it. And so we must first, we must first put God's word to the test. And what does that mean? How do you, somebody help me. How, how do you put God's word to the test? How do you taste it? Yes, sir. Okay, and how is that like tasting? Okay, so you by, by by obeying the word of God. Now, some now what we know, like when we're talking about food, you know, you put it in your mouth, and immediately you know the flavor of the food, right? That's the idea. You know, if you're a real food connoisseur, you know, you put it in your mouth, and you like you roll it around, and you want to get all the nuance of flavor and all that. That's all fun. I, I like that, but. With the Word of God, it's not so much like that. See, a lot of people come to the Word of God and they are looking for a quick fix to some problem. And they want to, they think if they taste it, for instance, well, I'm, I'm going to try what the Bible says and I'm going to try what God says to do. And if it doesn't, if it doesn't fix all, <laughs> I'm going to do this one thing that the Bible says, they say. I'm going to do this one thing that the Bible says. And if this one moment that I do this one thing that the Bible says does not fix the decades of sin that has wrecked my life in a moment of time, if it doesn't fix all of that at once, then I'll know that the Lord is not, the Word of God doesn't work. But that, is that not what people do? They're looking for a quick fix. Well, I'll taste it. But the thing is, the re, here's the reality. The Word of God can fix a lot of things that decades of sin has ruined. Now, it, can't un it will not undo it. It will not undo it. But it can fix a lot of bad. It really can. But this is not something that happens overnight. You know, faith is something that is to be exercised with patience, isn't it? You know, God, God is not a, David, David said it before, and I, I've said it before, you know, God is not some sort of slot machine, some sort of, vending machine where you put your money in, you press the buttons and you pull the lever and then out pops whatever you want. That's not how it works. God is alive and he deals with us as, as he's, and a lot of times we don't even know ourselves what we need. But we often want to, want to fix decades of, of, uh, of sin and ruin by tasting the word of God. But on the other hand, when we do obey, and that's one way to test God's word, to obey, put it to the test. You know, I think one of the things that always comes to my mind when I'm thinking about this is, my, is a family. You know, when you're raising a family and you start out with a baby like Nathaniel and, you know, you have Seth and you have Robert and Mav and Lincoln and now Viviana. and Is it Viviana or Viviana? Viviana, okay. 
And then you have, you know, you have the other babies we have, and you start out, and you don't know what you're doing, and you're just trying things. You say, well, I'm just going to try to do what the Bible says, you know. And, Pete, you know, there's advice coming from all angles and all, all things like that. And so what do you do? You, you, you taste it. You put it. You put it to the test. But you know what? The fruit of that doesn't, isn't born for a long time, you know. It really isn't. It, it takes time, but... Once you taste it and you see that it's good, once you have a taste for it, you could say, how sweet are thy words unto my taste. So that you know in other matters, maybe other matters which you haven't tasted the word of God in those, in those matters and conditions, you know that you can and you know that it will work. You know, I'll say this, you know, because we're in a small group, you know, my I probably I'll probably just mention it in the morning service just for discretion. But you know, this thing many of you are aware with what's going on with my wife and her family and this the the trial and all the all these things. You know, we we came we I say we really is my wife came into that. You know, I mean this is not this is not a bridge we had crossed. This is not a way we had gone before. But you know what? The previous times that we had tasted and seen that God and His Word were sufficient and were sweet. We knew that when we tasted His Word and His grace for this, that it would also be sweet. It would also bring forth fruit that would be good. And so it has. So it has. But a question come to my mind as I was looking at verse 103. The psalmist, notice who's speaking, the psalmist, who is a person who loves God, he says, how sweet are thy words unto my taste, yea, sweeter than honey to my mouth. But I thought to myself, you have this psalmist who loves God, and he describes, of course, taste, as we all know, is very subjective, right? Tell me some things, tell me some things that, that are, uh, that you, tell me some things that you absolutely despise, this food. Somebody throw something out there. There's something you just absolutely cannot stomach. We all know we all know one, which has no taste. But anyway, I digress. Warthog. That's true in more ways than one. All right. What else? Anybody have something you just absolutely hate? Who doesn't like beets? Beets are pretty nasty. You you probably like beets though. You like beets? I feel like I'm eating dirt. Okay, I've had I've had uh, tripe and uh, something that chews you rather than you chewing it. <laughs> you know that's pretty nasty. Um, but anyhow, here's the thing: taste is like this. It's so subjective, right? So why is it that some people believe that the word of God is sweet like honey, and others taste it? and find it bitter, because that's true. A lot of people do not like God and His Word. But you have one person here saying it's sweet, and the other person tastes it, or he tries it, or whatever, and he says, it ain't sweet to me. I don't like it. So why is it sweet to one person and bitter to another? Notice what it says in the verse, how sweet are thy words unto my taste. Sweeter than honey to 
my mouth. What that tells us is that the mouth of the eater has a lot to do with what, how he views the word, right? The mouth of the eater determines how good he believes that food to be. Thus, we see the view of a person uh, that a person has of God's word depends upon the person's spiritual condition, right? To a man that fears God, now hear, hear this, even the difficult, we might call the bitter parts of God's word are sweet to him. Whereas to an ungodly man, even the best, the sweetest parts of the scripture are unsavory and sometimes even repulsive. And it's the, only, the difference is not the word of God is the same. God's not changing his word or altering or changing the flavor of it for the, for the sake of anybody. Not us, not them, not anyone. But yet some people receive the word of God and do not like it. But see, a converted man is a man or woman, as the case might be, only one or the other. Just, just saying. <laughs> just got to throw it out there. With a renewed and recreated sense of taste. And so just, just as an older person's, you know, there are many, many things that we did not like when we were younger, right? Foods that we didn't like. I know that's true of me. But as I got older, my palate changed. And so when we get saved... Our taste for God's Word changes. God's Word didn't change. Our palate changed. And that was all done spiritually by our, in our heart. God did that when He saved us. He changed our heart. He changed our palate. That's what happened. And so this gives us an explanation as to why so many people are averse to what God's Word says. The problem is, well, I don't like the Bible. The problem is, you need a new heart. I don't find it very interesting or very useful. Yeah. You have a darkened heart. Yes, sir. That verse has so many applications. Right. Yep. Welcome, Robert. Thank you for being here. <clears throat> All right. Let's look at 105. I'm walking slowly today because uh, there's only a few verses I want to comment on. Um, verse 105. I love this verse. I love this verse. We're going to look at a couple other verses. Uh, Joshua, will you get Psalm 119, verse 130? And uh, Brother Mark, older, the elder. What do they call it? Brother Mark the... No. I was going to... James the, James the less and James the... Great or whatever, what they say in the Bible. Brother Mark, Brother Walter Mark, will you read, will you get uh, Proverbs chapter 6, verses 22 through 24? All right, just hold those a second. Of course, the, the way we often look at this verse, and, and that's va it's perfectly valid, it's perfectly good. The Word of God is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. The Word of God is a light. In other words, it, if by taking heed to God's Word, knowing God's Word, it guides our steps. But actually, you want to be real technical, and I'm not going to be real technical, but I, I, I had to point it out. What this verse is actually describing is not the Word of God so much guiding us, but the Word of God casting light upon our path, the path that we are walking at the moment. 
That's what it's actually describing. You think of a man walking. How many of you have ever done uh, night land navigation? That's, did you do that in the, I don't know, I, I can't remember if uh, Robert was in the, in the service or not. He just said, simplify to me. I, I, I didn't know. But night land navigation, what that means is they give you a compass and they say, you go find these places and they're, you know, a half a mile away or a mile away or whatever. And you got to walk in the dark in the woods. It's fun, though. <laughs> it's more fun in the day. But it's fun to, to use a compass and navigate to somewhere in the dark, in the woods, and actually find it. I mean, it's, it's like, wow, this actually works. But you know what? You know, you know what you need when you're walking through the woods? You, you just need a little bit of light to show you what's right in front of you. Right? That's what you need. This is what is being described here. Now, notice there's a difference between this... This, this is a lamp, a light. This is artificial light, a torch, a lantern, something like that, right? This is not natural light. Now, compare it to walking in the day. Okay, that would be light also, but that's the light of the sun. See, when you walk in the daytime, Jesus said, he, he said, when a man walks in the daytime, he, he stumbleth not, right? That's the idea. Because the sun shines on your path, even on dreary days like this, the sun shines through the clouds on your path. And so when you're walking in the day, when the natural light is there, you can see all the way to your destination, you know, assuming it's not over the horizon. <laughs> right? That's the difference. You're walking in the day, but that's not what is being described here. What's being described here is a lamp that you carry, and it's night. Your path is obscured. Your path is difficult. The way, in other words, what that means is the way that you're walking, what you're doing, the life you're living. Because walking is, in the Scripture, a, a type or an illustration of one's lifestyle, what they do, how they live. And if we're walking, and because we can see from the, from the verse that it's dark, we don't really know the dangers. We're ignorant we don't know the direction the path is going to go. That's a more fitting description of our life, is it not? We don't know what's around the bend. We don't know our path. We don't know the snares because we have an enemy. We remember that. We don't know the snares that might be in the way. We need light. We need light. That's the thing. We do walk. Every one of us walks a dark path in this world. You have the darkness of the world. Then you have our own nature, our own heart deceiving us. Then you have an enemy who is constantly laying temptations and snares that are covered with brush so you can't see them. We need light. And so what God gives us is he gives us his word. You know what his word does? He says, first of all, you better carry it, right? It's a lamp. You can't, you can't just, and I'm not, I'm not suggesting we, uh, we just, we, uh, carry our Bibles physically everywhere we go, of course. Although that would be fine if you did that, but it would also look a little unusual if you're, you know, serving at Chick-fil-A and you have a Bible under your arm. That would just look a little unusual. But the idea is you carry the lamp with you. In other words, the Word of God is in you. It's in your heart. You're meditating upon it. It is with you at all times. You're obeying it, and you're, you're aware of, and conscious of what it says. One of the biggest problems Christians have 
is Bible ignorance. And we're not talking about secret knowledge of secret doctrines and some sort of Gnostic idea where, you know, well, I know something that you don't know or this secret, you know, doctrine here and there. And you know what? There are churches. Beware. Beware. Because that has actually snuck into our church before in the past where people thought, you know, people came in and, and I, I know because I was here and others of you were here and people came in and they, they thought they had a, an edge on some little doctrine that other people didn't know and they started teaching those things and all that. And that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about just knowing what God says. And to do that, we have to be in God's Word and we have to be at church. We have to be listening to the Word of God. We have to be in it on a daily basis. We have to be, we have to just, and this is, this is a process. This is not something that happens overnight, our familiarity with God's Word. Because what, it's, it's not just up to us learning, learning the Bible. It's when we're familiar with the Word of God and it's a part of our life and we're reading it and saturating our minds with it and it's a, a fresh part of us every day. You know, what that ha- you know what happens? The Lord, because we have the Spirit of God, brings those things into our minds when we need them. So we're not in this alone. The, the Spirit of God is working with His Word in our lives. We have the Word of God with us we're not ignorant, and so we have a light. You know what this light does? It casts light and illumination upon the path that our own feet are walking. And that enables us to avoid so many dangers and diversions and temptations. You know why? Because we are aware of what's in front of us. We're no longer ignorant. Now, the Lord's only giving a lamp under my feet. Now, I don't know about you, but I know this is not a flashlight. They did not have battery-powered flashlights with lenses that would shine a, a single beam in one direction. No, this is, this is generalized light, but it doesn't reach very far. If you've ever had, held a candle and you walk into a room, you can only literally see what's just a few feet in front of you for the immediate path, and that's the way God's Word is all the time. That's just a, a general principle that God gives us in His Word what we need at this moment. He's not, he's not always, generally speaking, He doesn't shine the path, shine the light on the path to let us see way into the future. That's just not the way He's chosen to do it. He wants us to live by faith and trust Him. So this is near light. And so specifically, again, just not to be picky, but specifically and contextually, this verse is not really saying that the Word of God tells us what decisions to make, although that's also true. But this verse is saying that the Word of God sheds light on the way we are walking and reveals the nature of our own path. That's good. Now let me ask you a question, speaking generally now. How does God's Word, you know, we think of it guiding us. Of course, this is part of the guidance. Shining light on our path is part of the guidance. How does God's Word guide us? Come on, use your thinking cap here. This is Sunday school, right? How does God's Word guide us? Okay, I'll give you one to whet your appetite, all right, to kind of get your mind going. By examples. There are many, many, both good and bad examples in the Scripture. 
right? If I were to say, if I were to say, um, if I were to say Cain, what example could you immediately draw from the person Cain in the Bible? That's fine, blurt it out. I don't have a word. Okay, that's one. Deception, another. Hatred. What'd you say? It's okay. But see, from the example of Cain, you draw all these, these, uh, these lessons that the Lord gives us from Cain and, and, uh, and hundreds of other examples in the Bible. But you can't use the examples unless you know the Bible. That's why it's important to know the Bible characters and to know what they did and know the stories. You say, well, that's just, you know, that's Jonah and the whale, Noah and the ark, and that's so, you know, juvenile. No, it's not. That's for adults. <laughs> that's for adults. But see, example is one way that God guides us in His Word. But there's other ways. There's direct uh, commandments. That's a guidance. Things God forbids, Right? The way God characterizes certain things, those are all way, they're always God. How does God characterize alcohol in the Bible? You think especially in the book of Proverbs. You see, those kinds of things give us guidance. How does he characterize women? How does he characterize men? What does he say about marriage? You know, he provides examples. Even in the very the very character and personalities of the, of the people who wrote the Scripture. You see examples. You see, uh, I'll give you an example. Who was the man who, uh, was it Amos? Am I getting that right? Amos, the man who uh, God said, I've got a message for you to preach. And Amos is like, huh? Uh-uh. I was just a gatherer of sycamore fruit. Wasn't that Amos? I think it was Amos. So Amos recoiled from God. But, but there you have an example of humility an example of a man who was meek, you know, and th- th- those kinds of things. So it's not just, it's not just a matter of like we'll, we'll study today where Jesus said X, Y, Z, and of course that guides us as well, but it's in, a, it's in dozens of other ways that God's Word guides us into His will. All right, Josh, read Psalm 119, 130, and we'll be finished after Brother Mark reads his. What does the word simple mean? Biblical definition? It's very simple. You liked that, didn't you? That was unplanned. What's the word simple mean? It just means naive. naive ignorant. That's it. It's like not you don't know. The Word of God helps you know. You see that? Bible ignorance, that's what I said a minute ago. And then Proverbs 6, verses 22 through 24. See, the commandment is a lamp, the law is light. But notice, it'll keep you from something. Why? Because it makes you aware, right? It makes you aware. It shines just a little bit of light on your path, enough to make you aware of where you're stepping. 
and thus keeps you from danger. All right, let's pray.